episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected is brought to you by Bridgeside Medical Clinic, Chesapeake Integrated Behavioral Healthcare, and Edgar Casey's ARE. and welcome to Calm, Cool, and Connected. Whether you have an interest in exploring the world or traveling across country to visit family or friends, fears of flying can definitely come up, but there is treatment available. And I am honored to welcome Dr. Martin Seif, author and one of the nation's leading specialists on the treatment of flying phobias here to Calm, Cool, and Connected today. Dr. Seif, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So Dr. Steve, just to kind of jump in, what have you observed to be some of the common reasons behind how the fear of flying develops? Well, it's a good question because in fact, people use the term fear of flying and it's much better to use the term fears of flying. Mm. Think of uh, the airplane as a kind of a conflation of lots of different fears that come together. Think of it a perfect storm. So there are people who are afraid of flying who think of themselves as claustrophobic, although, in fact, from a technical point of view, they have panic disorder, but they don't like the idea that they're trapped inside this particular little sort of metal tube. Other people don't like heights. Other people don't like traveling too far away from home. Other people have social anxieties. They don't like the idea that they're so close to other people. Mm. um, Other people can see them. There are a whole variety, probably a, a good half dozen fears that all come together in fear of flying. And everybody who has those fears would say, I'm afraid of flying, but they have very different fears. And Dr. Seif, I love how you explained it to be more so a collective of different fears surrounding right. flying. I heard you mention the term, you know, claustrophobic. And are there any other reasons that people maybe get a little bit more fearful around flying? Have you noticed that the loss of control of kind of putting their life into the pilot's hands, does that ever come up? Well, you know, loss of control, and I'm an anxiety disorder specialist. Yes. Loss of control is ubiquitous with every form of anxiety disorder. Everyone you say, I don't like the idea of not being in control in some way. So control has something to do with all forms of anxiety. But certainly it's never made as explicit as as when you're flying on a plane and you realize that you have nothing to do except sit there and trust your life to someone else. In some way. That's one of the reasons why one of the ways that one of the basic ways of learning to overcome a fear of flying is to start with education, learning. Anxiety loves ignorance, okay? Because if you think about it, anxiety is propelled by what if catastrophic thoughts, okay? And if you then have information, okay, the limits of your imagination are determined to some extent by the information that you have. So it's good to know about mm. pilot training. It's good to know about the, the particular maintenance that goes on airplanes. But information is really one, one essential aspect for learning to overcome fears of flying, any kind of fears, but certainly fears of flying. So really the unknowns, the uncertainties can all increase the fears surrounding flying. Well, in fact, that's an interesting question because in fact, there are very few things that we know for sure. But what we're talking about is the conscious awareness of uncertainties. You may not Mm. want to think about it when you get in your car to drive to work. You don't think to yourself, gee, I could be in a fatal car accident today. But when you're in an unusual situation, fear of flying, 
people think of comp if something is very complicated then it must be dangerous in some way then they become consciously aware of being uncertain and that anxious uncertainty is part of what drives the fear of flying and really any form of anxiety but certainly the fear of flying because most of us don't get a chance to do it that often and believe it or not the greatest determination of how comfortable we are doing something is how frequently we do it. For a lot of us who fly on an irregular basis, but somewhat regularly, and we haven't flown during the past year, getting back to flying now is a whole new challenge again, because that we have to learn to become comfortable with the experience of putting ourselves in a situation in which we are totally out of control. And we might have some old triggers of anxiety that we worked with pretty well in the past. Mm, could you comment on any of the older triggers of anxiety that could cause someone to start to experience more fears in the here and now? Any of the triggers, there, there are a huge number of triggers. When we're talking about fear of flying, one of the things that I said, think of triggers. Mm-hmm. We're, 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 we're sealed in a tube 35,000 feet uh, above ground. So we can't get out. Believe it or not, most people who are afraid of flying, probably about 70% of people who are afraid of flying are afraid of developing an episode of panic while they're on the plane. That's the largest majority of people who are afraid of flying. And those are the people who, when the door closes, they go, oh my God, am I going to be able to stay on this flight or am I going to quote unquote freak out in some way? Yes. There are a bunch of people who have what are called obsessive fears, and they're fears of either being contaminated on the plane or other Mm. people starting fights with them or somehow something, the thought of some sort of something going wrong on the plane really terrifies them. And then there are sort of typical triggers that go on a flight. A Mm. plane usually does not fly entirely smoothly turbulence is a big trigger no one likes turbulence in some way even if they know that turbulence doesn't increase the chances of anything untoward happening during a flight fact is that people become frightened by turbulence and often they will avoid flights if they think that they're that that the air is going to be too turbulent it's going to be too turbulent to fly those are some of the very common triggers but if i have a room of say 30 people who are afraid of flying and Mm -hmm. i skip what are the things that frighten you? Of those 30 people, there can easily be a list of 15 things that go on. Some people don't like to fly at night. Some people don't like to fly during certain types of weather. Some people don't like to fly if the plane is too small, if the plane is too crowded. It goes on and on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing because even as I had done some research for the show, certainly I noticed and wondered if maybe you could speak to this, if the social anxiety is a bit of a factor, even just knowing you touched on this, that you're going to be in a plane full of other people. I can only imagine that if you get anxious in social situations, that may even go into the overall fears of flying. Excellent question. The fact is the definition of social anxiety is hypersensitivity to real or imagined criticism. So if a person's on a flight, believe it or not, there are a lot of people who are most afraid that other people will notice 
their fear and that becomes the trigger in some way oh. and the fact is a lot of the flight attendants now are very skilled at helping people who are afraid so they'll see someone who has some concerns and they'll come over and say is there anything going on can i help you with something is there anything i could do and for people of social anxieties that is an additional trigger because they would like to be invisible in some way i have a lot of patients who really like to take the seat right by the bathroom why do they like to take the seat by the bathroom? Because it's the least crowded spot. It's the place where people often don't want to sit. And, and what they feel is they're going to be hiding there in some way. So it's an yes. interesting juxtaposition. Lots of people, when you feel very anxious, they like to talk. They like to kind of help people bring them back to reality. Remember, I think I mentioned anxiety lives in the future. The people mm. are 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 sort of stuck in their imagination thinking about the future and good contact with someone else in the here and now in the present and i think you mentioned earlier on you had a certain ways of grounding yourself and clients of yours on point that helps people stay more connected to the present the closer you can stay to the present the more comfortable you're going to be and the lower your anxiety level is going to be Excellent. Yes. I mean, because you spoke on the vicious, sometimes vicious cycle that the what if thinking can take you into. And Dr. Seif, what would be some can of I your... Just go on with that for yes. Because I think there's also a phenomenon which, it, which speaks directly to what you were mentioning. And it's mm. called anxiety sensitivity, which is a heritable meaning, a genetically determined trait. And there are certain people who are, I mean, anxiety sensitivity is just a kind of technical word for being afraid of fear and there's mm. certain people who are more afraid of the sensations of anxiety than others and what happens when they start to feel it they become afraid of the fear and that fear of the fear is what's what accelerates mm. that cycle so that that's one of the things that uh, contributes to people who are anxious to people who have fear of flying one other inheritable heritable component, which isn't spoken about as much as what we call a sticky mind. People of a sticky mind are people who tend to loop and go over things again and again and get caught in unproductive, obsessive rumination in some way. Mm. People who have sticky minds like that are all tend to have obsessive fears. And those are also a significant group of people who have fears of flying. It really is such a fascinating interplay of how each fear can stack upon one another, the thoughts that a person has. I know that this may be a bit of a loaded question in terms of just strategies and techniques that someone can employ because there's so many. But Dr. Seif, do you kind of have a go-to technique or strategy if someone is going to be experiencing upcoming travel that you recommend that they implement, whether pre-flight or during the flight? You know, you can get lots and lots, lots of techniques. They're all over the place. I would recommend more an attitudes, an attitude shift. And the attitude would be represented by three simple words, hmm. expect, accept, and allow. Okay. So expect the fact that you're sensitized and that you're going to feel anxiety. Okay. Accept the feelings when they come. In some way why is that because you know uh there's an old saying that which you resist tends to persist you push yes. anxiety anxiety is going to push just as hard and allow the expect accept and allow the feeling is just let it be the best thing you can do 
when you're feeling anxious is the hardest thing to do, and that's doing nothing. All the techniques that, that you can read about, all the anxiety management techniques are really ways to help you stay connected to the present while your body calms itself. Okay, that's the best way to think. So if you can take the attitude that, yes, I'm going to be anxious, but I can still stay connected to the present and my body will calm itself as I stay focused on the present, that is really the best thing you can do in the short term. And all the, and then you find the techniques that work for you, okay? I, I really enjoy that. Expect, accept, allow. What yes. a great way to remember those different ways pretty of- yeah, Yes, yes, very achievable and attainable. <laughs> so Dr. Seif, I feel like we could probably have an entire separate show just on your complete involvement in the field of treatment for anxiety. But I know that you have authored several books and you mentioned one, the the sticky mind thinking that folks can get into. Do you have a book that correlates with that? And then what are the titles of your other books? Okay. So the book that's directly related to sticky mind is co-authored. First of all, I have a fabulous colleague, Dr. Sally Winston, who I've mm. authored three books with now. We're going to have a fourth book out pretty soon. The Exciting. book that I having to do with sticky mind is overcoming unwanted intrusive thoughts. Okay. And intrusive thoughts are thoughts that are extremely distressing to people. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, it was a silent epidemic because usually the content of these thoughts are rather aggressive or sexual or very upsetting to people. Yes. Um, now, thank goodness, People are coming out of the closet and realizing it's not their fault, that they're not bad people because they have these horrible thoughts. So that book, Overcoming Unwanted Intrusive Thoughts, there's a follow-up book to that that we've written called Needing to Know for Sure, which mm. speaks to dealing with uncertainty and the issues that people have with uncertainty is probably the single most difficult problem that people have who have what are called anxiety or worry states. Yeah. Prior to that, we've written a book really for professionals, but it's some people like it. It's called What Every Therapist Needs to Know About Anxiety Disorder, co-authored by Sally Winston. And we're soon to uh, introduce a fourth book called Overcoming Anticipatory Anxiety and Chronic Okay, and anticipatory anxiety is a huge component of fear of flying. If you think of it, you know, some people fly two or three times a year, but as soon as they realize they have to go somewhere, they start getting frightened about it. That's yes, they do. Phenomenon. Well, congratulations on the fourth book coming out. And I know earlier you had also mentioned in case folks want to follow up, receive a little bit more information, what was the website and the organization that you also helped found? It's a great organization called the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. That's www.adaa.org. has a lot of information for both consumers and also how to find help, articles on every sort of fear that you can think of in some way. And I think it's a great organization. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. C, for taking the time to talk about this topic that is probably going to be extremely relevant here in the next few months as people continue to travel and get out there. We just really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yes. And for everyone continuing to listen or watch, we hope that you've enjoyed this show today. Please don't forget to rate and share this episode, especially with someone who may be having some upcoming travel just so that they can gain some techniques and strategies for dealing with the anxiety. Thank you so much as always for tuning in. We'll see you next time here at Calm, Cool, and Connected.